0: Play them on the money line, and then roll it over every single time they win. Way out of here! Oh, goodness.
1: The last seven games in which they've come in with rest have all gone under. three, got it! Two and a half seconds
0: to go! Plus 115, the price I pay for this, the yeah, I like it. Makes the catch at the 10, and he's in for a touchdown! This is Behind the Bets, the podcast. Welcome into the latest Behind the Bets podcast. We are taping this on a Wednesday as the calendar has turned to August. That means football is officially here. We have the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night and then a full preseason next week. We're going to be looking ahead to the season with Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. He's been part of the podcast uh, each of the last couple seasons entering to preview it. Does a wonderful job with their DVOA and outlook and all that good stuff. We're going to do the AFC today. And just kind of touch on, you know, season win totals, futures, he's got some surprises out there, even some um, season-long kind of player props as well, and then some long shots if you want to get involved. There's really good breakdowns, we're just going to focus on the AFC, we'll do NFC next week, but Aaron always has a wealth of information as they run the modeling and simulation, so good to sit back and just get kind of brought up to speed, as many of you may not be caught up on NFL just yet, but... Should be fun. In terms of elsewhere, we've been doing the Daily Wager podcast. Been kind of heating up with water polo picks, also on the Daily Wager show. So make sure you check out the Daily podcast. You know, there's Team USA in the semis right now, laying a dozen to Australia. I kind of lean to Australia, but if you listen to the podcast and the show, I have 20 to 1 on the Aussies, and now minus 200 on the Americans. So in terms of the future market to win gold. So a lot of good content on a day-to-day basis. This is more sort of macro stuff. Again, AFC this week, NFC next week. Go pick me out a winner, Bobby. It's almost turning into an annual tradition here as we preview the upcoming NFL season. Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders joining us here to break down each conference. And Aaron, always good to talk football. Always good to talk with you, but then always good, especially when it's football-related, entering the season.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for the season. We've done a lot of work on our big book, The Football Outsiders Almanac 2021, which is available now on Amazon and from our site, FootballOutsiders.com. We did our whole season, million season simulations. We've done all of our player projections. We've dived into the film. We've done all the stuff. Now I'm ready to actually play some games.
0: You know, you answered the first question already. I was gonna ask you how many simulations you do. So it is a million, huh?
1: Yeah, we do a thousand different sets of our DVOA ratings that range from, you know, every team ranges from good to bad along a different range. And then for each thousand sets of DVOA, we do a thousand simulations. So it ends up a million total simulations.
0: Wow, that's awesome! Um, you've come a long way since WBRU at Brown, and I guess we both have because things uh, things are fading away into the distance. It's like a it's like Marty McFly's photo of his family. A lot of things, uh, you mean know, my fraternity's no longer on campus anymore. So there's things that things which, are changing. Which house these were days. you in? I was in Sigma Chi.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry to hear.
0: Yeah, well, it's okay. It happens. Um, But um, okay, let's move forward here. And um, I wanted to talk. So what was the biggest surprise of your modeling? That Um, you, you know, knowing in kind of the eye test and then what you learned.
1: Sure. I think the biggest surprise, and I'm going to admit here that my subjective opinion does not always agree with what my numbers spit out. So the one where my subjective opinion doesn't agree with what my numbers spit out, but I think it's interesting that the numbers spit this out is Baltimore as the number one team in the AFC, not Kansas City?
0: Hmm. And what do you what do you think the reasons are? What stood out with the with the math part portion of it?
1: I think that part of what's going on here is historically we always underrated the Patriots in our projections. Like they would they would go over our projection pretty much every year because it was like you know most players and most teams there's just a wide range of possibilities and you have to account for that by being closer to the mean when you project things but brady was so consistent that he always performed better than that and i think mahomes may be the sort of the same situation we have the chiefs as our number one highest projected offense but i don't know if we have them projected high enough and Hmm. so when you compare them with baltimore Baltimore is a top eight team in all three phases of the game. They have our number five projected offense, number eight on defense and number two on special teams, whereas Kansas city projects to be a below average defense. So all that puts together and makes Baltimore higher than Kansas city overall.
0: Understood. And look, I'm, I'm a big believer in Baltimore. I think they've gotten a tough, uh, go of it whether it be the fourth and short a couple years ago against the Titans in the playoffs and then last year obviously they were stymied against the Bills give Buffalo all the credit in the world but I do think it's it's look, look we just saw other teams get over the hump like the Bucks right like they were so close back to back years they tweaked a couple things upgraded form from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday we saw Virginia over the years not be able to get over the hump get bounced as a one seed in the first round by a 16 seed and the next year they win it all so I am by no means dismissing Baltimore, but it is surprising that they're rated higher than KC because obviously the betting market would not do that on a neutral field.
1: No, and I totally understand that. And I mean, if you asked me where I would put my, would I put my money on Baltimore to actually make the Super Bowl over Kansas City if it was a one-on-one bet? I wouldn't. But if you want to talk odds, I think that Baltimore has really good odds to make the Super Bowl or to win their division.
0: Yeah, we always talk odds. So yeah, um, look at a conference, six and a half to one, where Kansas City is two plus two fifty. So plus two fifty for six fifty, and then five to one to win it all for the Chiefs, fourteen to one to win it for the Ravens. And that's just a quick glance at one book. Obviously, there's better prices throughout. What's another thing that really stood out?
1: I don't think people realize quite how much the Patriots have improved on defense, in part because I think people don't realize how much they declined on defense last year. Their defense really fell apart last year, and it fell apart in large part because they lost more talent year to year than any defense since at least 2003. And by that same variable, the Patriots have added more defense from year to year than any defense since at least 2003 this year, between getting Dante Hightower back and then adding Kyle Van Noy and Jalen Mills, and Devin Godshow, and Matt Judon, and they've just added a ton of defensive talent, which really makes it likely the Patriots rebound on defense back to being one of the top defenses in the league. And between that and, again, special teams, it's enough, I think, to carry them back into the playoffs. The thing about special teams is special teams are very inconsistent from year to year, but there are a couple of organizations that have managed to bypass that and be really consistent in special teams from year to year. And you have to really give them credit for that when you think about how many games they're going to win. And that's Baltimore and new England.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, I felt like there's, I mean, look, there's always going to be um, a lazy takes across the sports landscape, but I, I don't think there's been a lazier take than everyone's simplifying. Ooh, look what happens to Belichick once he loses Brady. He also lost so many defenders who opted out. Cam, it was just beyond that. Now, quarterback is the most important position in all of sports, but it was really, really just oversimplified when people wanted to treat it like Brady. Oh, this answers it. This answers who's more valuable. Look what Brady did. Look what look what Belichick did without each other. So uh, I'm really excited about New England. I'm going to be very curious to see how this division pans out. I think Buffalo's still going to win, but Miami could be a team that wins 13 games or like five games. Like, I, I really think – there's like the widest range with the dolphins because of Tua. And I just have no clue. Like I wouldn't bet anything. I just think the variance is really wide with Tua. Um, does your research kind of reflect that?
1: I think that that's true that the variance is wide with Tua because with second year quarterbacks, you expect to get an improvement. Also Miami's defense is likely to regress towards the mean because it improved so significantly last year and they did lose some players this year. And we'll see what happens with Xavier and Howard. obviously, That would be a huge loss. The other thing, by the way, and this is in both New England and Miami's favor when it comes to a making the playoffs bet, not a winning the division bet. Right. But they both have very easy schedules. The entire AFC East has easy schedules. The Patriots have the easiest projected schedule in the league. And that's based on our projections. That's not based on last year's record.
0: Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've implored some people to stop using that last year's. Now, some leagues, it doesn't matter as drastically, but like the NBA, which not necessarily this summer, but typically has huge turnover with superstars and, and guys going free agency and trades. You can be a bottom feeder and then be good overnight. We, we should never use last year's uh, win percentage to project the upcoming schedule. Now, football's the same. I'm glad you have it. Uh, for the projection thing, and not just last year's uh, win percentage. I, th- I also think like maybe over unders, season win totals are a way to do it as well. And then you have to get um, create your own system by factoring in the juice. So like eight and a half's, Not all eight and a are created equal, right? If right. Our, our projected, you know, you our do it differently.
1: Proje- our projected schedules are based on our projection, right? But right. They account for the same things that projecting schedule based on over unders would account for, like. San Francisco is going to be much better this year, or Dallas is going to be much better this year. Like we account for those things,
0: right? No, no, no. You're more advanced. I was just kind of reminding our, our listeners if when they're watching Sports Center and other places when they say things like that, like you can do your own pretty easily without being so, um, you know, expert in in, in st- statistics and, and and probability and all that and modeling. You can just literally kind of look at the over unders and add it all up, and then you know get creative for some juices on some season win totals. Um, What else stood out in the AFC?
1: Uh, I think that (laughs) the funny thing is, you know, it's funny. Our projections, one of the problems with our projections is that they end up too close to 500. Like I'm always working to figure out how to get around that. I think it's just naturally a problem with any kind of mathematical regression based system. But because of that, we end up with Houston projected higher than their over under. But it's so much of what's going on in Houston is not objective. It's subjective that I think it's funny that we, we don't have Houston projected as the worst team in the league. I think people would be surprised at that, but it's partly because there's no mathematical modeling for this franchise as a dumpster fire.
0: Well, who who do you have as your starting quarterback in that? Model? High Rod Taylor. Okay, that's okay. That's fine. Look, we we thought the Jets would go like one or two wins a couple of years ago, and they had like six. So mm. I wouldn't be that shocked. I mean, look, I looked at their schedule, and I think the absolute most they can win is five. But that's just me eyeballing it. And obviously, things can go a certain way. Uh, but to your point, obviously they have issues. But if they end up trading Watson, or he's you know he's not running s- s- you know scout team safety in practice like he has uh, the first day of camp certain things who who do you have as your worst team
1: the new york jets
0: okay so that's fascinating cuz i my, i did have a question with all these with all these quarterbacks at the top of the draft like how do you model rookie quarterbacks especially it, ones from like BYU versus like Trevor Lawrence from Clemson
1: yeah well we use our q base quarterback projection system and we use age right players who are a little older tend to play a little bit better as rookies Players that were drafted higher tend to play a little bit better as rookies. And then we lo- you use the Q-based projection system. But overall, you have to expect that a, a quarterback in his rookie year, even a first-round quarterback, will be below average.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the fact is that some of them are really good. And I know that we're all expecting Trevor Lawrence to be one of those quarterbacks. But overall, you have to expect that the average performance – Of a rookie starting quarterback, even a first round pick, will be below average compared to the average NFL starter.
0: So basically you're saying Tyrod Taylor may have a very low ceiling compared to Trevor Lawrence and and company. But and then in year one, Taylor's gonna be rate higher.
1: He's well, Taylor's pretty low for a I mean, I think Taylor is like we have a variable that goes into our projections that's based on the quarterback that tries to account for the quarterback without the team, just the quarterback himself. And I believe that Taylor is the lowest of all the veteran starters in that variable. So he's not a good comparison, but a good comparison would be like a Teddy Bridgewater may not have the ceiling of like Trevor Lawrence, but he's got a much higher floor for, for performance in 2021.
0: Oh yeah. Bridgewater's is legit. Um, I mean, by it, you know, he's not just a game manager, per se, is my point. I think he's a little bit better. We also love him against the point spread, just a machine covering as an underdog. So, look, I mean, saying the Jets are going to have the worst team, totally, I don't think that's that big of a uh, headline grabber. You know, um, they're in the discussion with the Lions, the Texans. Um, obviously, the Jets got rid of Adam Gaze. Everyone thinks is going to be better, but he's going to need some time. He's never been a head coach as well. Rookie quarterback, diminutive in size. Who knows? Maybe he's another Manziel. Uh, I don't think he is, but you never well, know.
1: Menzel's issues were not on the field. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: but, but, but he, was, he was shorter in stat. He wasn't that good. He had bad decision. You know, he wasn't – like, I understand the problems off the field, but, you know, New York eats up a lot of people. This guy, you know, coming from BYU, maybe it's going to be too shocked to the system. Mark Sanchez was doing cover shoots and things like that. You never know if that participated or contributed to it all. Um, it's a different animal, and the Jets obviously don't have a ton of talent. So I'm not shocked there. Um what about win totals? Uh, so obviously you have projections and stuff like that. So does Vegas. So does the odds makers, I should say. What stood out in terms of uh, like value plays based on your model?
1: Well, you'll have to tell me if I have some of these win totals wrong compared to what you've got, because obviously things move. Um, sure. Denver is one where we like them compared to the last time I saw Vegas win total for them was 7.5. And their average number of wins in our simulations is eight point eight.
0: Okay, so that is going to be higher than whoever has it. Because you know, right now I have I'm I'm looking up what's sort of the um, you know consensus. So, but like that is higher because it's come down a little bit because of the Aaron Rodgers report. There was it was eight and a half at one point, but once Rodgers solidified, it came down to about eight. Um, And I'll look it up to confirm that. So, why do you have the Broncos? so strong when I think their quarterback play is going to be really bad, but I love their, um, all the, all the offensive skill position, so to speak. And then obviously their defense will be a lot better with Von Miller returning.
1: Well, first of all, we did half of our simulations with Locke as the quarterback and half with Bridgewater. Okay. Makes the sense. The ones with Bridgewater are better.
0: I would agree with that. That, 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 meets the eye test as well.
1: So I would not be, if, if we knew that Drew Locke was going to be the starter, I would not be favoring Denver to go over.
0: I stand corrected, but I'm going to interrupt you. Eight and a half is Are they current, really at eight and market. a half now? Yeah. Oh, that's I thought not it came down to eight. Okay.
1: I'll be honest. That's not a good bet. But if you can get them less than that, remember the thing I said about the Patriots and returning and added defensive talent? Denver is fifth in the last 18 years on that same table mm-hmm. because of the defensive talent that they've returned with Von Miller or added with Fuller- And Darby, and even Shamar Steven counts for a little bit in that.
0: What about having a bozo of a head coach? How does that factor into your modeling?
1: I'm frustrated (laughs) by Fangio. He was the most conservative head coach in the league on fourth downs last year.
0: And didn't understand timeout usage.
1: Yeah, he's got some issues.
0: And I say that, and sometimes the game has passed by. But look, you know, Rabel, for all the creativity he did, he still had that punt in the playoffs against the Ravens, that was just beyond unacceptable. So even the best coaches or even the ones that are more aggressive do make conservative mistakes. Who else based on win totals? Cause I know the Broncos was a little, little wonky cause of the uh, I thought Rogers stuff was baked into it.
1: Yeah. I like uh, Cincinnati.
0: The last time
1: I saw Cincinnati was six and a half. Correct. And our projection averages seven and a half wins for them.
0: And their and offense they, should be dynamic that in a lot of ways. Their offense
1: should be better.
0: I can see that. Uh, anything I else? That that's that, an
1: interesting upside play.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, uh, there was some um, Coach of the Year odds, and they had their coach the same as, like, you know, some teams like the Lions and Jaguars. I mean, not Jaguars because um, Urban Meyer's up there. But, you know, teams that I thought since he's going to outperform. And I thought that was, that was kind of unjust just given Burrow returning from injury.
1: I mean, I think that there's a legitimate idea that if Burrow doesn't play well, that they could can their coach because he's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. If Burrow doesn't take some kind of second-year leap, given the receivers they've given him, and given the fact that the coach is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer, they may say, we need a different quarterback whisperer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was was tough go last year, especially after when Burrow went down. Any other teams stand out? And then we can get into the futures market, like Super Bowls, like you touched on with – with the Ravens, any, any other uh, win totals per yeah, se? Yeah, for even...
1: AFC wins, not a lot stand out. What Here's the only question, because this is a team where what I've seen for Super Bowl or division sort of is different than what I've seen for wins. What do you have as the current over-under on wins for the Las Vegas Raiders?
0: Seven, but it's heavily juiced to the over. So there's some seven and a halfs out there so, as well.
1: So, yeah, I think that an over on that is a good bet. Really? The Vegas Raiders are the most bland team in the league for this year. Hmm. They have an average win projection of 8.2. Their DVOA projection is 18th. They're very close to average, a little bit better than average on offense, a little worse than average on defense. Like from a, non-betting perspective from a let's win some Super Bowls here perspective, it's a massive disappointment that we're in year four of the Gruden-Mayok regime and this team isn't going anywhere. But from a betting perspective, I think people are sort of sleeping on just how average this team is. And if your line is seven, (laughs) average is better than that.
0: It's so look, I'm a Raider fan, so I get kind of biased at times and like the, the the wrong way, so to speak. I'm just I just don't see it. I think the offense will be there. I don't think the defense will be solved necessarily. I think Gus Bradley is a step in the right direction. I think that Monday nighter. Uh, I have Ravens minus four. So open like six. It got pounded to four. It's at four and a half. I think most part I just I just I love the offense. But, you know, Belichick showed last year you can absolutely take out Waller and shut this offense down. And then the defense has such limitations. But to your point, you know, they had this, some great games against Kansas City. So the, the, the ceiling is there on a week-to-week basis, just not over the entire length of the season.
1: I just feel like the odds are close that they go, you know, the best odds for the Vegas is that they go what we would call 500, which now means either 8-9 and nine or 9-8. Nine and eight. Right. And if your line is 7, you've beaten it
0: right six wins and you lose so you know there's a push in there too so seven over 40 is probably the best option on that front but that division really concerns me just given I think and if you're if you're kind of bullish a little bit on the chargers at least being sort of like an average team I think the chargers are going to take a step in the right direction they get healthier on defense now they're over unders nine nine and a half as well but I think it's an upgraded coach in terms of game management Anyone he is um but you know there could That's be a sophomore slump dis- a little bit. i yeah, so going disagree with you. We got right.
1: under on the Chargers.
0: Okay. That makes sense because Chargers always under deliver. This is the first year, by the way, I'm drinking the Char- Chargers Kool-Aid. Everyone else every year, but I actually think it, they're going to deliver. But, you know, I'm curious what your math has.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think we may be underselling their offense a little bit in projecting them to be middle of the pack. Their running game is pretty bad. And that counters the fact that Herbert has been really good. The Mm -hmm. other thing is, I think everybody is expecting some kind of gigantic second year leap for Herbert. But I went back and looked at the top rookie quarterbacks in our numbers of the last 37 years. And if you look at those guys, and Herbert is one of those guys, on average, in the second year, they actually get a little worse because they were already so good as rookies that regression to the mean ends up, playing a larger role than second-year leap. So right. I think it is more likely than not that what you get out of Herbert is more of the same, not a huge leap.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. Now that you you kind of explained it and elaborated in that way, that does make sense because, you know, maybe you just hit the ground running as a rookie and, you know, we can't expect the same thing the second year. So
1: I mean, I think you you can maybe expect the same thing the second year, but I don't think that's what people are expecting. I think what things like a line of nine expect is that he'll be better his second year. And that's what I think you can't expect.
0: Fair enough. Last year, the Buffalo Bills just kept on winning. They were a team that, you know, started strong and people were expecting a strong start, all things considered, but 13 and three, it was an impressive run. I mean, they were underdogs late in the season at San Francisco with no quarterback. And that game was actually in Arizona, but still on the road. And they end up whooping them. This team never really got full respect from the betting market, and here on, in the futures, you know, you're looking at ten and a half or eleven, mostly ten and a half. But overs heavily juiced. What do you have for the Bills this season that they really want to get over the hump?
1: About ten and a half. Yeah, I think that the over/under on this team is right on. I don't like a division win bet on them because we have the Patriots. You know, we have Bills as the favorite to win the division, but not by as much. As the odds would say, like we have the pa- the Patriots win the division in th- a third of our simulations. So plus 350 is a really good bet there. Whereas the Bills win it in like 40% of our simulations. So uh, minus 150 is not a good bet there.
0: Right. So like minus 155 or what, minus 150 would be, what is that? 60%? 60%. Yeah. And so if you're saying 40%, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so let's look at the futures market. You, you touched on the Ravens being a good value play um, for both for the conference and the Super Bowl. Anyone else like outliers per se? Um, like we, we've touched on the Ravens, but there's some there's some wide ranging views on the AFC North. Can the Browns get back to it? Are they trending in the right direction? Get Beckham back from injury. Big Ben slim down now. Uh, this is a team that started 11-0 last year without a running game. They've addressed it a little bit with Najee Harris and some of their offensive line draft picks and and moves. Um, where How do you see the AFC North shaking out? I know you mentioned the Ravens certainly project well.
1: Yeah, we are not as high as everybody else on the Browns. Uh, I wish that I was because I want I like to see fan bases that have struggled for a long time finally taste success. And because I like the Browns front office and know people there and would like to see them succeed. The fact is this was a, not a great team last year in the regular season, despite going 11 and five, they were outscored by their opponents. They were 18th in our DVOA ratings, making them the second worst team to ever go 11 and five. Hmm. So even if you expect some improvement this year, they're not improving from what we normally think of as an 11 and 5 team. They're improving from what we normally think of as like an 8 and 8 team.
0: Then, how are they able to win 11 games?
1: Luck. Part of it was their bad play was heavily stuffed into two weeks where they got completely keel hauled by the Steelers and the Ravens early in the season. Gotcha. And there's an argument that you certainly can make that. By the end of the season, they were a better team than that. But I went back and looked to try to see whether teams that had huge losses early in the season outperformed their numbers the following year. And there's no evidence of that.
0: Yeah. Combined uh, margin of victory is minus 63 in those two losses. Yeah. Um, but I mean, doesn't that skew it to the improper way, right? When you have blowout losses? Because, you know, you can, teams can fold early in a game or at least by halftime, something well, like that.
1: In general, the fact is using every play to analyze how good a team is, is a better way to measure them than to try to take out certain plays where they were like winning by a lot or losing by a lot. Mm -hmm. But I will say I went and did their, their, we have their defense projected 26th. So I went and looked and I said, what if in the numbers that we used from last year, we don't include those two games, then their defensive Projection improves, but it only improves to twenty third, and we're already not considering week sixteen and seventeen. Week sixteen was the week that all their wide receivers had COVID. Oh
0: so gosh, we don't right. we don't
1: count that game. And week seventeen was the week that the Steelers stat all sat all their starters, so we don't count that game.
0: Besides Baltimore being a great value play, any others in the AFC? Uh, you mentioned maybe New England in the division. Cautioned Buffalo there.
1: Yeah, I think New England to win the division. I think the Raiders to win the division if you want a super long shot bet.
0: Hmm. That that would be a long shot.
1: I mean, it's plus
0: 2,500. Wow, so
1: 2,500. translates to, to a 4% chance. I don't know. There's a 4% chance that Patrick Mahomes gets hurt.
0: I mean, that's basically what you're looking at, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not necessarily. I mean, they, they went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. Uh, it's just consistency. I mean, one of my bigger bets last year was the next week after that game was when they went to Atlanta. I was like, all right, give me the, give me the Falcons. And they just crushed them. I was like, I don't even care like what the number is. This is a classic Raiders spot of just falling on their face the next week after a great performance.
1: Yeah, I loved Jacksonville plus 900 Hmm. to win their division, but that's now plus 550 because of the Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson injuries. And that's not as good a bet.
0: What did, what did the Wentz injury do for you on your modeling? But I, I see 750 out there. But yeah. Um, the answer wh- is I
1: haven't been able to run a full new set of simulations with the Wentz injury yet.
0: With Jacob Eason and everything.
1: Yeah. It, it, obviously, the Colts will go down. Like we will now, we had the Colts as actually the favorite in that division, even though we had them more likely to hit the under because we had that whole division really down this year. But the Titans will now be the favorite because of the Wentz injury and the Quentin Nelson injury. the Quentin Nelson injury might be more important than the Wentz injury
0: there was a huge move on the Colts futures market division win total everything by some pretty sharp groups Uh, just their defense is loaded and um, you know given your opinion on Wentz or whoever like in a lot of ways a warm body could get it done for Indy uh, just given how they were assembled and structured but obviously this is a a little bit of a curveball here with with the injury but so you were high on the Colts going in huh
1: well, we, we had them under their over-under number, which was 10 before the injuries. But we had them as the favorite to win the division because we had the whole division down. And they have a good team built around whoever plays quarterback, right? They've got a good offensive line. They've got a good defense. They've got some skill players. Wentz is, Wentz is very difficult to project. There has never been a quarterback who collapsed like Wentz did last wow. year to go from average to horrendous. Like there are guys who have dropped that much, who went from fabulous to average, but I can't find a guy in my whole database who went from average to bottom of the barrel.
0: I mean, it is fascinating, right? He led the NFL in turnovers and interceptions. And a few years ago with Reich, he was the MVP front runner until his injury. So we've seen good wins and bad wins. Now you obviously have to attribute at least some of the last year's Turnovers to Philly's horrendous offensive line and a lack of weapons, but you can't put it all on there because a lot of it was decision making. I remember first and goal, he's rolling out and he throws a fifty-fifty ball and he gets picked. He it's looked like, like I, Yeah, it's just unacceptable on so many levels. But if he and Reich and all that, it is. Fa- I was fascinated to just see how it all plays out. I didn't have a firm opinion on that. I was definitely anti-Wentz last year and I was talking, you know, anti-Eagles and betting against them and stuff. But here it's a much different situation. I could see him playing well but to your point the injury and then obviously the quentin nelson as well last uh six of the last seven years uh we've seen an mvp long shot hit and i'm talking odds of 25 to one or longer but those are also teams that came out of nowhere to get the one of the two seed and it just so happened that this run shaped up that way whether it was lamar jackson and the ravens mahomes and the chiefs last year rogers was probably poorly priced at twenty-five to one, given that the Packers were coming off a thirteen and three season. I'll say that was a mistake by the odds makers. But the other ones, like maybe maybe the Matt Ryan year as well. Um, so only Brady was like one of the one of the favorites, if you will, from MVP. Who got there? Any teams that could come out of nowhere? I mean, you mentioned Vegas twenty-five to one to win the division. Any teams that could come out of nowhere, and thus we get a MVP long shot at a quarterback position.
1: You know, looking at the top contenders to win MVP, none of them really strike me as, I mean, the, it's, it's really funny. The best really ridiculous long shot, and I don't even know what the odds are on him, would be Trey Lance.
0: Hmm. 300 to one. Uh, Sorry, mean, that was the most regular season passing yards. I apologize. Uh, I got to look that up. He's 7-1 to to win rookie of the year. I don't even know if he's like... I mean,
1: here's who we have as the top contenders to win MVP at... This is odds I'm looking at from DraftKings. Okay. Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen, Wilson, Brady, Prescott, and Jackson. That's essentially seven of the top nine teams in our projections. The other two are New England, where if they win, it's going to be because of defense. And San Francisco, where if they win, it's going to be because of defense. So I don't... The, the closest I think I can get to a long shot contender would be if San Francisco wins at all, it would probably be because Lance becomes the quarterback and phenomenally outperforms your expectations for a first-round pick. So that would be a super-duper long shot, but I think it's more likely that that hits than that Cam Newton hits.
0: Right, because of the circumstance. Like, I like Belichick at 18-1. to 1. I mean, if you're going to bet plus 350 on the Patriots to win the division, you might as well do – Belichick eighteen to one yep. to win Coach of the Year
1: like that, like that.
0: Uh, I'm actually just I'm on Mahomes. Uh, I have actually bet him at plus five fifty. I've seen some six to one out there. My thing is this, and it kind of speaks to what we were just discussing is like it has it requires a long shot. Last year we got caught up in the Russell Wilson narrative. He was about the favorite. I want to see week five, six or seven. I just think by week three, Mahomes will be the favorite, and it'll be like three to one. And I just think plus five hundred or better is value. And I just And I kind of thought it was anomalies the last, I know it's six out of the last seven years, but I just think there were anomalies and we don't have any situations where a quarterback could really lead a team to an unexpected one seed. I guess Justin Herbert, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams. Big Ben's a hundred to one. I just don't see it.
1: If they Um, do it, it'll be because of defense. It won't be because of Roethlisberger.
0: But he'll have some numbers. Uh, I mean, I mean, Najee Harris is going to get the ball only so much. So it's just uh, I I think I think Mahomes is the value and by like week three or four, he'll be like three to one.
1: Yeah, I think I think plus 500 for Mahomes is it should be a lower odds than that.
0: And we'll get there. I think just all the long shots will calm down. I mean, you can also look at really good records in bad divisions, like if the Titans all of a sudden just, you know, dominate that division. If there's just the Colts come unraveled with injuries. Then I don't think Tannehill, but maybe Derrick Henry gets some love. I've heard some Aaron Donald at 100-1. to I can certainly see that play because he's widely perceived as the best player in, in, in on defense and maybe the NFL, and if the Rams do make a run and Stafford's not just lighting it up but the Rams are playing well, maybe, but I think it's going to be tough for any team in that division to get the one seed because there's going to be some cannibalization. So they might be rated higher on a neutral in a point spread component, but just not racking up the wins like we maybe saw last year with the Bills just kind of dominating the division and then outside the division. So I think this is the year that chalk uh, holds for the uh, MVP.
1: Yeah. I think that that's likely, but if you have to go with someone who's not shock, I guess I'd go with Josh Allen at 12 to one.
0: Okay. And by the way, Trey Lance buck 50 to one. So there's your, uh, that's a sweet
1: long. That's a sweet, sweet, real long shot. Like let's put 20 bucks on this and see what happens. Kind of bad.
0: Yeah. There's, um, There was a segment we did for the March Madness at the end of the show. It's like stuff I'm not willing to say on national television, but I'm going to (laughs) bet. But we did it on national television. And we had some pretty long shots. And um, I think i had like Oregon to win their region. This would be Trey Lance to win MVP. Like, no, let's not advertise it, but let's go do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, So obviously you have the Ravens and Chiefs in terms of the better teams. Any long shots to win the conference or, I mean, I guess the Raiders is one of them because you have 25 to one to win the division. Any long shots in that regard for, for conference?
1: I mean, I no, I mean the same, the same teams that I've been talking about really Baltimore, Baltimore would be our pretty much our long, you know, would be our best bet as far as like long, long shots. I don't know. Are the Patriots a long, long shot at this point?
0: I'd say so. I mean, I think they've uh, with Buffalo's, You know, kind of. I don't want to say domination last year, but I thought Buffalo really establishing itself last year. I think, I think, um, I think, I think, I think think that's fair. The Patriots would be a mini long shot, if you will, fifteen to one.
1: Those are the two teams that I think we like much better than the uh, than the Vegas odds in the AFC are are Baltimore and New England.
0: Wouldn't that be crazy if you know Brady wins it all last year and the next year Belichick kind of matches? Oh, I don't run. think
1: it will happen.
0: <laughs> no, I know. I know. But just if they made a run, even won the division.
1: It would be, um, it would be, it would be crazy. It would be crazy.
0: Quarterback play for the Patriots. What do you have there? Is it going to be, is it, I mean, obviously I guess Cam's QB one for now. I mean, he was, he was good at times. Like really good. Like that Seattle game last year was incredible on that Sunday night, but then he was just terrible um, at times as well.
1: He was below average, and we have we have their quarterback play as below average for this year, certainly. Um there questions about Cam Newton are not really something you can measure statistically. They're all kind of subjective. Um, how much did not having a full offseason because of COVID affect him? Uh, how much did having COVID yeah. affect him?
0: Got COVID, right?
1: There's no uh there's no past off seasons that we can look at to say, well, this is what's happened in the past. So this is likely what it meant for Cam Newton. So the belief that Cam Newton is going to be much better this year is not supported by any statistics, but it, you know, you can certainly tell the narrative.
0: Yeah. And it's gonna be fascinating. And in the 17th game, I mean, I guess it doesn't really affect your modeling a ton, um, in terms of division odds. And when, you know, it's just kind of, you just add another column or whatever is to to simplify things. I, I I'm curious about um, I'm really curious as a football fan to see what happens with running backs. Will there be load management? Will, will guys, if they have a bad bye week, like uh, you know, end of the season or begin of the season, at some point need a week off? Um, and just you know, you see that in general with some guys that could be like maybe if it was a playoff game would fight through injury. But um, I'm curious to see if there's going to be some load management with certain guys who you know obviously take a beating on a regular basis. What about player projections? Anything that stand out for you? Some of these season long, whether it be passing yards and whatnot?
1: Uh, one is I love Justin Herbert to go over his 44.50 is the passing yards prop for Justin Herbert. And last year, if you prorate him to a 16 game season, he was at 46.25. And our projections for this year have him at 47.55. Hmm. So we like him to go over 44.50.
0: Okay, good.
1: Anything else? Um, yeah, A funny one is uh, Patrick Mahomes' is, uh, over-under is 50-50. Last year, prorated to 16 games, he had 50-56, and our projection is 50-58. So Patrick Mahomes, very, very predictable. Right on the um, number. <laughs> he's right on his number. Um, you know, the other one is for, sort of funny. This is uh, – I'm trying to think. In AFC, AFC, there's no one else who really stands out. Uh, maybe Roethlisberger we're higher on Roethlisberger than everyone else is because I think everybody assumes he's going to, the decline from last year is just going to continue to decline. Whereas I think our projections feel like the decline from last year will probably stabilize. So we have him projected at 4,300 yards and he over under prop is 4,000.
0: Oh, wow. So that that is significant because that was about the difference for Herbert as well. Three, uh, 300 yards. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're high on the higher on the Pittsburgh offense, at least putting up numbers than other people are. Uh, because the sort of, you know, continued decline of Roethlisberger will has to balance out against regression towards the mean.
0: Look, I think they'll be really good. Um, they surprised me last year and some, you know, the the rating the the, the Ravens game was head scratching because they had the turnover. It was just like one of those games for Baltimore. But all in all, like you know, Tom Tom was gonna he's like what is he never finished under five hundred in his tenure with Pittsburgh. I mean they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be right uh, there in a lot of games. They have them as the
1: number one projected defense.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's but also
1: one of the hardest projected schedules. Ooh. They have the I, number two hardest projected schedule. Only Chicago has a harder projected schedule.
0: That's interesting. Um I guess the division is going to be good. You mentioned you guys are a little higher on the Bengals.
1: Yeah, so we're higher sense. on the Ravens. And right, the
0: Ravens, of course, yeah. Awesome stuff, as always. Uh, really good to connect and enjoy the rest of your summer, what's left of it, before football really cranks up. Thanks, you, Matt. We'll talk next time. Sounds to me like you guys a couple of bookies. All right, thanks to Aaron Shots, as always. And again, that covers the AFC. We're also going to look ahead to NFC next week. More of the same, win totals, kind of outlook, Who's higher? who are they higher on, who are they less on, um, some kind of nuanced stuff, and um, you know, division bets, things like that, and player props for the entire season. So great stuff from Aaron, really appreciate that. Don't forget the Daily Wager podcast weekdays. The show will be dark all of next week. We're going to have some intermittent interruptions just given uh, the U.S. Open, Little League World Series, things like that. But I will uh, keep everyone kind of updated on that. But don't forget the Daily Wager podcast, Monday through Friday, gets posted around noon Eastern or so. And we have picks for that day, especially with the Olympics and and bracket and format and all that. It's really hard to do stuff uh, with a shelf life from a week to week like the Behind the Bets podcast. But we appreciate everyone downloading, rating, reviewing, listening, all that fun stuff. And we'll see you back here next week to discuss the NFC outlook with Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. This is Behind the Bets, the podcast. You can listen and follow the Behind the Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, check out Doug Kazarian on Daily Wager, weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN2.